I'm your host as always, Roy Turner. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got tickets to give away. We've got gifts. We've got prizes. Make sure you're following, you're subscribing. The only stink, my man from Portland's going to be joining us. I'm super looking forward to him coming on because it's, it's going to be the purest thing. Last couple of years, the Raw After Mania hasn't been as... Hasn't been, hasn't been the I Raw After Mania. I think it's because it's two days of WrestleMania and people are pooped. Yeah, well, but I, I feel like that there, that there is something that they could do. But I do, I do know what you mean, though, in terms of, I think that it doesn't necessarily have or even need to have the thing that it had before, right? I think that, I think that what, and it, it, let's what we're talking about here, and we'll get to that here later, is the, the Raw after WrestleMania traditionally is actually sometimes even better than WrestleMania. Yeah. And one of the reasons why is I don't care if you go to a concert or any sporting event you go to, the crowd is often always what makes the show. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be putting on a great show, but the crowd has to really you know, respond. So you have, you know, when back when WrestleMania was still one night, you'd have 80,000 people in this giant building, but only 20,000 of those are going to fit into this building. So it's going to be the diehards. And usually those are the ones that are usually the Europeans that have come over and and they're doing their soccer chants. And it just made it its own thing. It really made it its own. That's why it's called the Raw After Mania. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I haven't been in a few years. Um... But I think having a Saturday and a Sunday WrestleMania, just I think it just I think it took its place, is what I think. I think so too. I think usually on Monday people are just they're not as fired up as they were when it was just WrestleMania, yeah. and then uh, yeah. the Raw after Mania. And what are you going to energy? Yeah, and what are you going to give them? Mm-hmm. You know, now, but I will say this typically, as it's been in the past, what the tradition of the Raw after Mania is is that it introduces the new storyline. It's the new calendar year. Right, right, yeah. and that's why you have people that are returning. So, so WrestleMania is like Christmas, but Raw WrestleMania is supposed to be kind of like New Year's, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like it's 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 the new beginnings, all the the return and stuff. So, so I don't, you know, and there was a little bit of that, like Matt Riddle coming back and and all that. But I have been to the Raw after Mania, where again, where it was so special. I remember Raw after Manias where there'd be a dud of a match. And they'd be doing the wave. They'd have beach balls. Like they would entertain themselves. You know what? You're and, right about that. You're right about that. So you know, usually, a lot of times WWE won't deliver a good show. Yeah. <laughs> or a show. But that's the crowd getting, will. But the crowd will entertain themselves. Yeah. And after that's a, a good whole point. weekend of wrestling, um, I think they're like. I mean, I noticed this last year and the year before. I think they're just a little tuckered out. I that's a good point. You're right. I realize it because you're right because I have seen them like like it's almost like they're almost ignoring the show. To our friends at HelloFresh, use that code. You will get twenty one free meals, including free delivery. It's just now April, but you're trying to keep your New Year's resolutions. Did you did you make any health resolutions this year, Chris? Oh yeah, definitely. We've got two small children and my wife. It allows us to be able to still eat healthy. Hey everybody, welcome back to This Is Wrestling, as I promised, the only stink, my man, John Curtis. His first WWE event was Raw after Mania. Want to welcome the only stink, the man, John Curtis. We've known each other for over 25 years. I almost married his sister about 20 years ago. (laughs) We are family, and I love this man dearly. He... And I play games on Friday nights. His family happened to be coming to Disneyland 
while I was in California for WrestleMania. We had seen each other in over 20 years. So uh, right before I went to Raw, I went to the LAX airport to pick this gentleman up. Let's see here. Monday night Raw results. April 3rd, 2023. So the very, very first match. Okay, okay. Actually, I should, I should say this. Thank the WWE. Cody Rhodes interrupted. Okay, all right. Let's see here. Okay, there we go. Okay, let's get back here. Okay. So like I mentioned before, I pick you up. From LAX Airport, we see each other for the first time in twenty years, and we we could have just gone to any. We could have gone to Taco Bell, but we didn't. <laughs> we went to fucking Staples Center for the Raw after WrestleMania. You being a non wrestling guy, are you a wrestling guy now? Would you say? That? I mean, I mean, are you? Would, would you say that? Are you watching Raw now? Are you keeping up with it? Is there any interest there at all? Unfortunately, no. I've got I've got too many other things going on, man. To to add that into the recipe at the moment. No, I um, I, 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 I had like a lot it. of fun. Yeah, but uh, I think I don't know that storytelling's too much for me to keep up with. It's too much for my feeble feeble mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you were excited though. Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred percent excited. I was uh, looking forward to, um, just I don't know, just seeing the spectacle. Well, I was excited to see you, and I had already had seen SmackDown, Hall of Fame, Undertaker's One Dead Man show, the Mattel thing, and two night WrestleCon and two nights of WrestleMania. So for me, I was I was like, I just want to see my friend, and I want to see my brother and and his reaction to this. Uh, so we don't have to take much of an academic approach, but what was your expectation? of going into this like what were you what were you hoping that was going to happen i i completely had an open mind when i went i had no preconceived expectations whatsoever uh and and i was i was extremely surprised at the athleticism of these folks I mean, you, you can watch it on TV and they just look like they're running back and forth and smacking things around, but they're lifting people up, 220 pound people up in the air and throwing them like a garden chair. Yeah. <laughs> That's not something you see. Right. So was that shocking to you? I mean, I mean, were you expecting it to be a much more... I guess the word is fake. Were you expecting it to be faker? I was expecting. I mean, there were there were a couple of the hits were were pretty clearly on the nose, right? But some of it, I was yes, I was surprised at the brutality of some of it. It was it was new. I guess is the only thing I can think of. It was just new. It was something I hadn't experienced before. I mean, and I know it was a, it was a show, right? I mean, Globetrotters have a show. They throw a ball and they, they practice a whole lot. These guys practice and they work out and they're, I mean, they're huge. They're, they're professionals. Right, right. And their profession is putting on a good show and surviving and, you know, having a good time and 
keeping their bodies alive pretty much while taking a beating. Right. And they did it. And some of them look like they took a lot more beating than others. Um, and there were a couple of, of, of uh, good scares there. For sure. And specifically, I'm sure you were probably familiar with who Brock Lesnar was before the event, right? He, he kind of transcends. Yeah. So, of course, you know, the show starts with Triple H coming out and uh, thanking the WWE Universe. This is something that, that you wouldn't know too much about. But the night before, WWE was sold after 75 years to Endeavor. And this was more of Triple H coming out and doing like damage control uh, to reassure everybody, hey, we're not going anywhere, whatever. Uh, then, of course, Roman Reigns comes out to celebrate the fact that he's still champion. Whatever thought he was going to win the night before, or Cody was going to win the night before. Cody interrupts him. Uh, they set up a tag team match, and it's, it's understood that Cody's tag team partner is going to be Brock Lesnar. That's a, that's, a, that's a big surprise. You would know who he was. We finally get a match. X amount of time into it with Omos versus Elias, which was a total squash match. And I think that Elias was legitimately hurt as well uh, in that. Uh, yeah. Of course, we bring out Rey Mysterio, who had an incredible weekend being inducted. Into the that was game. a good show. Seeing Rey Mysterio running around the arena and just doing crazy acrobatics. And he was, he was, he's a showman. He yes. is a hundred percent a showman, and I was I was in awe. I really enjoyed watching Rey Mysterio. That was one of my highlights was seeing Rey Mysterio, and it was it was a big part of the event. Him and his son, and that uh, the guy that's running the event in Puerto Rico, that was a big part of of the night, and it went on for a while, and it was it was extremely entertaining. I really enjoyed it. Well, think about what a big weekend he had. First of all, he's inducted into the Hall of Fame on Friday night. I sat in the exact same seat I sat next to you in on Friday to see him inducted by Conan, who was who gave him the you know his start, uh, who had a, a, a brief run in WWE in the early nineties. Is Max Moon, by the way, of you know, uh, so, that, so seeing him back in WWE programming that in and of itself is a big deal. Uh, then he has to fight his son, legitimate son, on Saturday, then come out on Sunday and be acknowledged on Rus the WrestleMania stage. And then on Monday, like you mentioned, the guy, the host for Puerto Rico is, of course, his backlash is coming to you from San Juan, Puerto Rico, and hosted by the biggest reggaeton artist in the world in Bad Bunny, who also has performed as a WWE performer. Well, I might add, I would say he's a much better wrestler than he is. I mean, whatever that <laughs> shit he does is. But, but it brings up, you know, Austin Theory, who, who went on to defeat Rey Mysterio, which I thought was, you know, uh, you know, you know, a few people have beat John Cena and Rey Mysterio in a single weekend. And now with 2K23, you know that the cover of the box is Rey Mysterio. So he's, had a a, you know, a great push there. Um, and speaking of Bad Bunny, Damian Priest from The Judgment Day, which features Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio, which is a very 
neat dynamic because Dominic is a total heel and she, meaning Rhea should be as well, but it's rare that she's getting this great face pop and he's getting the heel booze and they're together. So that's interesting to me. But Damien Priest comes out and obliterates Bad Bunny and slams him through the announcement. Which I think it's pretty cool that Bad Bunny is one of the biggest musical artists in the world. He doesn't have to be slammed through tables unless he wants to be. Oh so my I, God, that was that was scary. That was that scary. was scary when say so I think it was was it Brock? No, was it not Brock Lesnar who slammed him to the table? No, it was Damien Priest from from the judgment. Damien Priest, right? And he. Oh my God! He lifted him up like a rag doll, and they replayed it three or four times. It was like a rag doll. He lifted him in the air, under his chin, and flung him onto the table. Not not lightly, not lightly, not just no. a little gentle. Oh, drop! This was a this. He flung him. Yes, like a rag doll. And Bad Bunny is probably a buck twenty five, a buck thirty. Oh my God! Soaking wet. So. Bad Bunny doesn't have to take bumps like that. Bad Bunny doesn't have to be a part of any of this shit. So, so I, I do have respect for him that he clearly grew up a WWE fan and wants to be a part of it in that way. Uh, the winners, of course, your new WWE Tag Team Champions after beating the Usos on night one of WrestleMania. Uh, the Street Profits came out and challenged them. So here's where you have a you know, who's a face team. So face versus face, meaning good guy versus good guy. The Street Profits challenged Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That was interesting. Uh, and of course, obviously, the champions remained champions that night. Your thoughts on this match here? So that one, so that's the, the tag team match. Right. I don't remember too much of the tag team match. I think you and I were talking quite a bit during the tag team. You were giving me some backstory on some of that stuff. So I don't remember the match too well at all. You mean uh, I talked your head off and run back <laughs> to you? What no, I just remember. So some of the tag teams from, from when I was a kid, what was it? The, the Bushwhackers. Was that, was that WWF or something? It was. And it's funny that you say that because one of them passed away the day we were there and the show opened which we didn't see on tv with a kind of like a video package uh to bushwhacker luke and i loved them too and 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 he passed oh, away i didn't know that yeah that that day i didn't either because till i got home and i watched because i wanted to watch what we saw in the broadcast and I was sad to see that because I loved I loved them so much. They were so fun and good. I had the toys and everything, man. So, uh, all right. So let's see here. Okay. So now we had kind of another squash match. They were trying to find something for Bobby Lashley to do, and I he you know he was part of the Royal Rumble. I mean, I'm sorry the the, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on Friday. He was not part of WrestleMania. On Monday, he comes out and literally destroys Mustafa Ali. Not much to say there. It was a, a quick squash. That's where uh, he, they were backstage, and he was telling me he needed to find somebody to fight. And he's like, I'm going to fight you. Let's do it. And right, that, right. That's that that match, right? Okay. For sure. Uh, 
And I loved seeing Raquel Rodriguez and my girl Liv Morgan uh, versus Damage Control. And, you know, the big deal uh, was that Raquel Rodriguez and, and Liv Morgan, of course, winning the titles at WrestleMania. That, 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 that's a, I mean, these, this is a big deal. These are the new champions. And they were facing damage control in the form of, of Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. Now, for me, again, we've had Raquel on the show before. Love her, fellow Texan. I am absolutely, Liv Morgan might be my, is top three for me in the world. But I also, you know, I've never been a big Bailey fan uh, who is kind of leading damage control, but I love this team, Dakota Kai. And I love, Io Shirai is so criminally underutilized. That it's, it's, it's sickening. Like the, she, she should, she could be a main event person on her own. So, uh, but, you know, being the new champions that Raquel and Liv were, they were expected to win. You being a novice to, to this in women's wrestling, other than what you've heard from me, what was your genuine take about this match? I I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was it was very lively. It was uh, it was fun watching them move around. And, it was probably uh, they, my they, they were very they they were very uh, I, oh man. Um, they were very good showmen, show women, and they put on an excellent show. They really got the crowd riled up. They really got moving. They really got, uh, they did some of the most amazing moves of the night, I think. I some think of the, the, the most amazing acrobatics. So well, yeah, for, it was it was an incredible fight. For me, this was the match of the night and one of my favorite matches of the weekend. I know it was designed just to for Raquel and Liv to assert their dominance after becoming new champions, but doing so over damage control. I, I just, this, this was dynamite. I loved it. The tradition of raw after mania is this is where the new storylines begin. This is where people that have been hurt, that have been rehabbing their, their, their thing get to come back. So it, the show should have been littered with surprises and surprise returns and all these shocking things. That's what makes Raw after Mania. And I had the best time. It could have just been, you know, people thumb wrestling out there. I wouldn't give it a fuck. I was sitting next <laughs> to you. I had a beer in my hand and that's all I cared about. But this Raw after Mania, unfortunately, has been lauded as an utter disappointment by the general at large and the reason why you couldn't tell by the by the amount of people there it was packed it was yeah. it was shoulder to shoulder it was butt to butt all the way back to the nosebleeds every right. seat in every section was full and it was loud and crazy and riotous i Fun. mean it was it was lit yeah right it was lit but they were expecting some shocking shit because if you go back some of the most shocking moments in the history of wwe have occurred at the raw after mania page's debut Dolph Ziggler cashing in uh in in new york the money in the bank i mean just these just these it's an instant highlight reel right and so i guess they were complaining that it didn't have enough of that right and well, they had one I, guy come back 
from from being injured the the so, uh surfer he, dude guy right right the original bro yeah <laughs> matt riddle surprised the miz and everybody in the arena uh by returning and so so that was a big so so that was really the only real surprise in terms of like oh my god oh my god and even that in of itself not taking anything away from it still wasn't like this like oh fuck that moment you know you want the oh fuck thing right and i still had a great time but it, it, i i can't really point to any one moment and i guess they were trying a little too hard and we have five minutes left by the way that segues into this at the very end we had already had set the table for the main event it's going to be brock lesnar and cody rhodes Versus Roman Reigns in Sokola, Solo or Solo Sokoa. All the introductions are made. The bell rings, and what happens, John? That I I can't believe you would say there was no oh fuck moment because that was it. It was before you even knew what happened. I turned to look at you as the bell was ringing, and I turned to look back. And Brock Lesnar has Cody Rhodes in the air, in the air before it was a split second, a split second. I look over, I look back and he's got Cody Rhodes in the air. Boom. But I didn't want to tell you this that night, but I saw that coming a mile away. There is no way those two were going to coexist as a tag team this was a way to set up the next program i didn't want to i didn't want to pollute your innocence so that's why i say that and, and, and i don't want to take anything away from it but like when it, i was in utter shock when it was announced that brock and cody were tag team partners i was like this is gonna last about two seconds and it lasted less than half of that only thing you told me is that that big bold fat guy had worked with Brock in the past. That's the only seed you planted. Yes. So that's in the bald fat guy he's referring to was Paul Heyman, of course. I love that the walrus, and uh, he was his mouthpiece for years, and now being the mouthpiece for you know, but I did think it was interesting that that, that Roman very quickly and all of them got out of the ring, and God, yeah, Brock they just, just took whoop, the beat out shit out of for Cody. ten minutes straight. Yes, it was ten minutes of just fucking brutality, man. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back. We're gonna do. Uh, probably about five to seven minutes on the WWE Superstore. Grab your drinks. We'll be right back in three minutes. Okay? Right back.
right. So we leave the Staples Center. And they had it perfectly set up because on Friday night across the street was The Undertaker's One Dead Man show over at the Nova Theater. But then right next door to the Staples Center, crypto, whatever we're calling it, is the Los Angeles Convention Center, where typically during WrestleMania weekend, they have something, a, a bit of a, what they call a fan convention. And for whatever reason, I don't know why they're not doing that anymore. I don't know. I don't think it was covid or the stars aren't enjoying doing that because of COVID. But if you went to WrestleMania prior to COVID, you were e expecting to attend something that they called WWE Access. And it was like two X's for access. And it was this giant fan convention where all the stars are there. You know, you get in line and pay a fee, whatever, to get an autograph. There's you know, over here is the Undertaker's graveyard, and over here is Alexa Bliss's playground. And they're doing like what we saw WWE, you know, whatever video game at the time and things. And this instead, instead of being the you know this ticketed event that you would buy a ticket to, you know, it was worth it. It was almost like a like a like a like a traveling museum. There would be like the car that Stone Cold exploded and here's the helicopter jumped out of whatever. This was instead just literally what it says. It was a superstore. Still a line to get in. But John and I just walked over from Crypto.com Arena and uh, stood in line for about uh, not too long, like, you know, maybe 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And we enter... The WWE Superstore. John, your thoughts? It was flashy. It was flashy. It, I mean, I, I hate to be a, a downer, but I was I was kind of expecting more when Ooh, I when I first got in. More. Yeah, it it especially for a place of that size, there were a couple of in caps, uh, you know, a couple of little stations with toys and whatnot, uh, and then there were of course the t shirts around the outside, but. There was a lot of empty space. And I mean, if 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 they had it in a smaller venue, it might have looked appropriate. But the size of the venue that it was in, it just looked like there was a lot of empty space. Though I will say that the posters that were up were extremely cool uh, and eye-catching. And the the little area they had in the back with the the costumes. I really enjoyed seeing all the costumes from the, the the previous WWE folks that who I knew, you know, you know, growing up, who I'd seen, and some of the costumes there were were pretty interesting. They were pretty cool, so I I enjoyed that piece of it. And then yeah, they had the Mattel section um, with that new toy set, the uh, yes. gobbledygooker. <laughs> yes, as you guys heard, of course, and saw on on our YouTube channel Tricky Kid TV, you saw the whole tour of me there at Mattel headquarters in El Segundo, California. And the, one of the big reveals was that they are, after 33 years, we're finally getting a play set from the 1990 Survivor Series, uh, you know, with the fucking gobbly gooker. This is where The Undertaker debuts, speaking of which. Uh, one of the, my favorite moments, I don't, it was, I guess I have bad taste. It was, it was lauded as one of the worst. It's my, it's one of my absolute favorites. And it's just the mayhem and the insanity that defines the WWF then WWE now. 
and uh and to actually see it because i i went to mattel on saturday i didn't i didn't actually get to see it i saw that they were gonna do it but being there but you know, I had a lot of expectations, especially as somebody that has used to going to WrestleMania and used to access and in, in, in this traveling museum and, and and everything else. And knowing that it was free to get in, I guess you get what you pay for. This shop, gift shop, when you leave the ride at Disneyland, right? When you walk right. through the end of the ride, it's got the gift shop at the end. It, it felt kind of, it had that kind of feeling, right? It did. I mean, it it, did. I agree with that 100%. It, it, but I should, but here was two things. I did want, I do want a Stacey Keebler Hall of Fame t-shirt. I do, I was trying to get one for my little boy. You see the G.I. Joe right there. John Cena coming out as like G.I. Joe with a file card on the back of his shirt. I was like, okay, I, I got to have one of those. And so does he, maybe we'll get like matching shirts or something. But as we were leaving, because we got there, because you know, this, this is the last night, some of the last moments if we had been there like an hour longer, we one of us might have walked away with. We have one of those posters of uh, 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 Alexa. Was was there a poster of Alexa Bliss there, or was yeah. that the one that was already taken down? That was already taken down. The one I was wanting was the Stacy Keebler, of course, being inducted in the Hall of Fame. But when yeah. you check out whatever you've bought, the whole checkout line is literally um, just covered in these this like wall 10 foot tall yeah. and then probably three four foot wide posters yeah of one of a kind that they're not selling i mean this isn't for sale and what prompted us was i guess somebody had sweet talked one of the workers into go ahead and giving them i think it was bianca belair and she was giving it to this this family and I was like, okay, if we're taking it down, I'll take the Keebler. And she was like, come back at midnight. And it was like, what, like, I don't know, 1030 or something? Because, you know, Raw on the West Coast is early. It's like, a, it's from five to eight. And you and I were over there at like nine o'clock, 930. And it was yeah. open till midnight. So I would have had to have waited like three hours I'm surprised you didn't go back there after dropping me off. <laughs> Keebler. Did you did you end up going back to the uh, the the expo center afterwards and pick up one of the giant ones? I don't see it behind you, which if I would I, expect. <laughs> if I did, I it would be right, it would be right behind me. Unforgettable night. So in conclusion. Uh, you would think that after all of that, you know, being part of the press conferences and, and you know, SmackDown, Hall of Fame, Undertaker, one, two, three punch in one day, then the Mattel adventure, and then both nights of WrestleMania, WrestleCon, the Raw after Mania, and then the WWE Superstore, like, where do we go from here? That's got to be it, right? Well, I thought so. But something else very special, if not entirely memorable, uh, and, and there's not a whole lot to say here. I, mean, I feel like the buildup is longer than the story. Uh, but to know me is to know in terms of if, we were, if we're talking wrestling, at some point, um, Alexa Bliss is going to come up. I mean, she's my absolute favorite. 
and I feel like a creeper when people come into my office because I got one wall that's all Prince. I got one wall that's all Van Halen and Motley. And then I got another wall that's <laughs> all Alexa, my, my very understanding and cool wife. Um, I have like this like giant life-size stand-up and, and I, I'm very, very grateful. People know how much I love Alexa. And, and so they send me a lot of stuff, including Mattel. So I, I have a lot of stuff that that I've I've received over the years and things like that and end up and, uh, and so here's what's what's so funny is that Alexa is if you know you know she's from of course from Columbus Ohio but she talks a lot about a band from here from the Dallas Fort Worth area called Bowling for Soup now I was never really into those guys and that's no disrespect it's just not my thing but. But they're funny as hell. We talked about, you know, and here's here's a funny connection because they they, they kind of remind me of a kind of a tamer version of the the metal band Steel Panther. Yeah. All right. So she talks about them so much and is at their shows all the time that that they uh, ended up meeting and writing a song about her. This is called Alexa Bliss. They even filmed the video for it at where there's a local wrestling promotion here in town holds their shows like in a strip mall in like Bedford or somewhere between Dallas and Fort Worth. And um, so I think that's pretty cool. Then there's another Texas connection. Of course, she uh, met and quickly married uh, a singer from Dallas. You guys know who Ryan Cabrera is. He was a kind of a heartthrobby kind of thing back in the day. And and uh, they got together and 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 are now making making a go of it, and so I I almost think that they might live here because I we you know we're based in Frisco and I swear to God, I go to concerts I go to basket sporting events and I see her, and I see them together and I'm just like man holy cow, so anyway I thought so I thought this was pretty fun and pretty funny and pretty ironic. I was hoping we were gonna see her as part of either like the Raw after Mania, like return, you know, maybe like a Bray Wyatt or something, or, uh, you know, or just, you know, being part of WrestleMania. They, they didn't have the Fan Fest this year, so there really wasn't, you know, much, if she wasn't gonna be part of the card, then what what, what else was she going to do? So anyway, um, and it was no sign of her, whatever. And so, so this is what, what's so funny is so this is of course you know Monday Night Raw Superstore we all the, you know the wrestling adventure ends Monday night. Tuesday comes along I have a, a shoot with a, a completely different endeavor same thing on Wednesday. And speaking of Still Panther, Still Panther is doing two sold out nights at the world famous Whiskey a Go Go. Uh, of course, there on the Sunset Strip uh, in Hollywood, California. And uh, anyway, hang on a second. Sorry, a little interference there. Um, okay, um, Whiskey Go Go. So anyway, what's pretty cool is I've known those guys for for a minute, uh, and you know I have another major endeavor. Uh, I hope you guys will check out when when we're done. We're we're almost there. Is I'm a documentary filmmaker. I've been been working on this project. Uh, on the band uh, King's X um, for golly since 2018 excuse me that sounds better right I just didn't I might my, my stand broke so I'm just like placing the microphone on the desk 
and hovering over it. But uh, I think this does sound, at least it sounds better in my headphones at least. Anyway, so um, I was scheduled to meet up with a couple members of Steel Panther at the Whiskey A Go Go. I was later bringing members of King's X uh, to the show. And uh, anyway, and so. So this was a very exciting day for me. You know, like I said, I stuck around in NLE almost a full week after WrestleMania uh, to take care of some other endeavors, this being the primary one. Okay, so I get there. I do the thing with Steel Panther. It's great. It's funny. It's awesome. It's great. I love those guys to death. Shout out to, of course, Satchel and Spider uh, and and Steel Panther for, for, for participating in our film. And uh, anyway, so afterwards, it's like, you know, we wrap at like, I don't know, like 7 o'clock. They're going on at like, like 9.30. And I run and try to grab some food and shit. And I come back. I meet up with Doug Pennick from King's X. And Michael Parnon, uh, a good friend of mine who, who produced the, the, the most recent King's X album. And we get together and we go inside. And it's right before they go on, and they wanted to, to say hello, hello to Doug. They're, they're obviously huge King's X fans. So we make this, this pilgrimage backstage very quickly, and, and you know, they all make a big big to-do over Doug and all that. And we're, you know, we're back there maybe 10 minutes, and then it's time for them to really get into character. So we exit, and if you've ever been to, the, to Whiskey A Go-Go, you know that it's, it's very small. And... Uh, I mean, like, like very small. I mean, I think the place holds like 250 people, and that's like, that's like sardine style. And the upstairs is very dark and very cramped, and it's kind of the cool spot. But anyway, so I come, we, we all come barreling down, and I'm trying to be all cool, and there's a lot of famous people there and stuff. And in, in, in through the darkness, and I had my glasses on, I couldn't, couldn't quite make it out. But, uh, and I told this story on Twitter. Which I hope, of course, you're following along. Of course, you know at this is wrestling with no G T H I S W R E S T L I N. Anyway, and I see this girl or somebody, girl, whatever, looking intensely at my at my T-shirt that I'm wearing. I don't even remember what I was wearing at that moment. Uh, and I just happened to realize I'm wearing. There's a band that I really love called The Pretty Reckless. You might remember her. The singer is Taylor Momsen. Um, who was like a child actor, and she was in the she was in Gossip Girl, and she has grown up to be a fucking babe, right? And the shirt is basically her, essentially naked, and uh, and so anyway, my eye my my eyes just kind of adjust. It's very dark. I'm not wearing my glasses, and I look to my right, and I look up, and I recognize Ryan Cabrera. And then I look to my left and realize that the girl that is like zoning in on my shirt is Alexa Bliss. And, you know, it's one thing that doesn't prepare you is, is you don't realize just how tiny she is. Like she's just incredibly small, like, you know, five feet of fury or whatever. But she's just this incredibly small person who looks absolutely overwhelmed and frightened by how scary packed it was up there i mean you couldn't move and it was just like whatever and i, I don't want to put you know words in anybody's mouth or make any assumptions but i i don't think she was it was her idea to be there i think that maybe ryan was probably in, in, in going to still panther shows in la is like the cool thing to do everybody kind of you know it's like a rite of passage everybody swings by and then it's kind of you know has kind of lent to their popularity and, and their success right 
So I think Ryan was like, okay, we, we got to do this. And he probably explained to her, hey, it's kind of like bowling for soup, but it's just a little, you know, a little, a little more, <laughs> a little raunchier. Um, again, I can't make assumptions there. Uh, but the reason why I say that was because the place is so small that if they stayed for the show, I would have seen them again. And I don't, I don't know how, I mean, maybe they jumped out the back, but I'm telling you, I went to get a beer like 20 minutes later and I, I, they were not in that building. So I don't know. I think she might've been kind of like, ah, I don't know guys. Um, the minute that still Panther started playing glory hole or something like that, you know, but anyway, here's the funny thing is that, you know, I was with Doug Pennick. I was, you know, I'm with Michael Parn and I'm not going to be all, and, and I'm trying to be all cool. And all of a sudden, like, I guess my eyes must have got big or something because Michael goes, what's up? And I go, dude, like, there's Alexa fucking bliss, like, right there. Anyway, she's still, like, looking at my shirt. So I walked right by her. And I wasn't going to do the whole can I get a pick thing and bug her. She looked totally out of her element and just totally kind of overwhelmed. So I just went, hey, Lexi. And, you know, and she's like, hey, you know, hi, you know, like, nice shirt. You know, I don't think she said nice shirt. But, you know, it was just kind of like acknowledging like okay you you saw me looking at your shirt and you know, how are you and like i said we went and then me and doug and michael went to the bar and got a drink and went downstairs enjoy the show and i went back for a second beer like 15 minutes later and i they were not up there because i i i looked <laughs> i wasn't gonna say anything again but i was just kind of like i just, just kind of wanted to see what her reaction to was what she was seeing so so anyway, you know, I never get to be a fan. I never get to just totally flame out and fam out, fan out on, on them. But what's pretty cool is that I had met Dave the Warrior there that night, and he's the one that's responsible for how we were able to shoot Steel Panther in, instead of this dark-ass hallway. He lent us the main office that overlooks the Sunset Strip and just really... There really would have been no shoot without Dave, to be honest with you. I mean, we would probably would have done something and, and captured something totally unusable or something we would have had to have altered so much in post that would have might not have fit the film. So he was a great savior. And we started talking and kind of found out he's a massive wrestling fan. So immediately, I, and we'd already exchanged number. I was like, dude, Alexa is here. He's like, what? You know? So that's how Dave the Warrior is now on these episodes that, that uh, of this coverage. So anyway, I just didn't feel like that the week that this coverage would have been complete without telling you a fun little tale. And again, I told it on Twitter and stuff like that. So anyway, that is actually how WrestleMania. And I don't know why I didn't. I was like, oh, my God, what is she doing in L.A.? Like, like what? And I thought, oh, OK, she probably did go to WrestleMania. But in the moment, it didn't occur to me. But. Anyway, so I thought that was just kind of a, another serendipitous great moment that of all places and of all people uh, to run into, we run into Alexa Bliss at a Steel Panther show at the Whiskey A Go-Go. Anyway, thank you guys for, for, for catching up on all this coverage, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, it was an unforgettable, crazy-ass weekend, and we're going to do it again. So thanks for, for supporting and tuning in, and I will see you next week.